So a cat is literally whining in my face right now, demanding attention. And I kind of wonder how many needy pets of the ages prevented untold masterpieces. You know, not that this podcast episode is a masterpiece, lol, but oh my god, she literally just bumped the pen out of my hand, but I will not be thwarted. Anyway, this episode is about unblocking creative block, with some short metaphorical reveries about sugar and mules along the way. See you back here in a jiff. listening to Pep Talks for Artists, a podcast offering small words of encouragement to all those shuffling along the artist's road. I'm your host, Amy Toluto. Last month, I was making a coffee, and I know it's bad, but I love white granulated sugar in it. You know, you gotta live. And I was trying to pour some out from a box. But only a few grains were coming out because the whole box was full of clumps. And coincidentally, that same month, I had been feeling super frustrated with my work and feeling that urge to procrastinate and feeling fear and all that stuff that comes with creative block. And those lumpy clumps became for me an analogy for the blocked condition because... There's sugar in there, abundant sugar that wants to pour out to make a coffee more delicious, but it can't get out because its own self is blocking it. And as I was squeezing the box, trying to crush the bigger blobs or choosing violence and stabbing a spoon handle in there, I started to wonder what other artists do in this predicament. So I went up Periscope past the sugar clumps, and spied about to find some ideas for how to overcome it. First, I leafed through this great book, Creative Block, by Danielle Krissa, in which she interviewed artists about their own personal solutions. Artist Shannon Rankin suggests, quote, Use a cropping tool to find new compositions from an original piece. Enlarge this small portion of the original piece. Create a new piece based on the enlarged composition, end quote. Mm-hmm. And Fiona Ackerman offers this tip, quote, Do a painting that is nothing like anything you would usually do. Dare to go against what you know. If you're an artist who works a lot, you've probably developed a certain style that is unmistakably yours. Your creative muscle has become strong, maybe overbearing. Try to do something that no one would recognize as yours, that people would look at and say, really, you did this? And they need not mean it as a compliment. The Rolling Stone gathers no moss, end quote. I have to say, some good ideas in that book. Highly recommend. Creative Block by Danielle Krissa. And I'll add, in that vein that sometimes what may be needed is accountability and or guidance if the block is particularly blocky. 
Finding a group of artists to report back to can help put a fire under us. Or also, another option is finding a mentor. You, like me, might be the kind of person who never kept in touch with professors, or you may feel too old and post-school to benefit from one. But consider asking an artist you think could really help if they would take you on as a private student, maybe meeting one time a month or so. Many artists teach, and so having a paid private student isn't a crazy proposition. Might be just the thing to take out a sizable clump. Okay, so usually I list artists that we can look to in history for some tips and tricks. But in this case, it seems weird to list any famous names, because I think all artists have dealt with blocks at one point or another. But artists such as Agnes Martin, Monet, William Blake, and Louise Bourgeois notably suffered from the disease. I personally often think the blocked creative spirit inside of us is like a mule refusing to budge with all four hooves stubbornly gouged into the earth. This resistance can be a message that what we're trying to do might be past its prime or not true to our voice or too safe, a.k.a. done and dusted. And speaking of mules, have you ever heard of the job of mule skinner? Well, it's nothing to do with skinning, thankfully. The job was basically to be a mule's best friend and nudger. As you know, mules are stubborn AF, and you need to have the mule's trust to get it to do any work. And it will only choose to work if someone it likes asks. Similarly, our creative block is like an inner mule digging its heels in, and we are its BFF mule skinner. And if the mule won't move, something needs changing. Maybe even the entire focus, goal, or way of working. So how do we shift our work to something new and come up with new ideas? Easier said than done, right? I mean, strange as it may seem, new ideas are often coaxed out in the shower or in the car or some other place that can function like a sensory deprivation chamber of sorts. When we are left alone with ourselves and free of the tyranny of the home, as I call it, or the mundane obligations of everyday life, that's when ideas tend to find us. In Wired to Create by Scott Barry Kaufman and Carolyn Gregoire, the authors say that, quote, a shower is, quite literally, a place of incubation, a change of scenery from the rest of our everyday lives that's relatively free of stimulation and distractions. Showering insulates us from the external world so that we can focus all our attention on our inner desires, daydreams, and memories thereby increasing the likelihood that our mind will come up with creative connections, end quote. And Harvard psychologist Shelley H. Carson, author of Creative Brain, says, quote, A distraction may provide the break you need to disengage from a fixation on the ineffective solution, end quote. Loofah poofs and back scrubbers assemble. We're about to be not only very clean, but full of free-flowing ideas and unblocked motivation.
I think knowing you need to try something new, but fearing failing at it, might also contribute to artist block. We fear going out on that shaky limb, blowing in a windstorm and making those ominous creaking sounds. We're convinced we'll fall into the chasm below and or look foolish. Especially in this age of social media posts. Am I right? But when we feel that fear, that's our signal to move towards it, not away. As our Queen Cher says, quote, Until you're ready to look foolish, you'll never have the possibility of being great. End quote. I have been a freaking diva for 40 freaking years. Artist Holly Chastain gives this tip for breaking out of creative inertia. Quote, Ask someone close to you to give you an assignment. Make sure that it's not an idea that you have frequented on a regular basis in your work. Keep true to your vision and technique as you work. End quote. Another good one. And the idea of artist block as fear of change is interesting. When a fear pops up, i.e., I can't make that, it's not what I do, we might instead observe that our work evolves constantly. And I bet if we pulled out our old work from five years ago or ten years ago, we'd see a range of different approaches on display. Let's line up those fears and knock them down one by one like an amusement park shooting gallery. Take, I'm not good enough, and just try it. Or, I don't do that kind of work. I bet you once did. Or, I don't have the time right now to start anything major. Great things get done with baby steps. Try the one-hour rule or force yourself to work one hour a day until momentum takes hold. There are so many blocks a fearful creative mind can come up with, and it's our job to identify them one by one. These fears and negative statements are manifestations that our brains come up with to keep us, air quotes, safe. But we as artists don't want safe. We want to be like Bruce Willis dangling by a pinky from the elevator shaft, shouting, I know it's strange that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but it just is, and I'm not afraid to defy expectations. And on the topic of artist blocks signaling an internal need for change, Enrique Celaya says, quote, Constantly push against yourself and against what you have been. Nothing good comes without a rupture, without a tear in your view of the world. Cultivate those ruptures. A linear path will not take you where you need to go. Some fracture has to happen. End quote. As usual, wise words from E.C. So now, if we go back to our clogged boxes of sugar, maybe the solution to artist block was not to stab those clumps at all, but rather to think of other ways to access those stubborn granules. 
I recently stumbled upon the story of Benjamin Eisenstadt, inventor of the sugar packet, and it gave me food for thought. In 1957, Eisenstadt had run a cafeteria in Brooklyn across from the Navy Yard. As a cafeteria owner, he had gotten frustrated with unclogging all the sugar dispensers set out on the customers' tables. When his cafe closed, he converted the space to a tea bag factory and even invented a machine to fill the bags. Later, after his factory tanked, he had the idea to use that machinery to fill single-serve sugar packets. And Eureka, no more clumps or clogs. Sadly, he forgot to patent his idea, and Big Sugar caught wind and swooped in and made huge profits off his invention without cutting him in, the jerks. But Benjamin was nothing, if not a pivoter. He went on to invent a formula for powdered saccharin sweetener, the still popular Sweet and Low. So regardless how you feel about sugar or the eco-cost of tiny packets everywhere, you have to admit the story shows an amazing example of, oh God, I promised myself I would not say this, but thinking outside the box to solve a block. We have a clump problem and our usual methods keep clogging up. What about tea bags? So next time Artist Block strikes, and its force is upon us, we're going to crush it, squish it, recontain it, knock it down, shake it, and shove it into tiny bags. But also, most importantly, we're going to listen to it, because it might be trying to tell us something, like a tinny voice transmission echoing out of the wilderness. It's time for a change. You've been listening to Pep Talks for Artists. Please visit the podcast on Instagram at Pep Talks for Artists to see images that go with each episode and to get the inside scoop. I really appreciate all your listens, reviews, follows, and support. And speaking of support, I would like to give a very special thank you to bestie Rita McDonald for your Buy Me a Coffee donations this month. Thanks, Rita. If you too would like to donate to the pod, you can find the link in this episode's description. I really appreciate you stopping by, and I'll see you next time.